And okay. all you gotta say is yes or no. Okay. Um, but it's just, I mean, you'll see, right? You don't have to develop <laughs> on any of these uh, answers. All you gotta say is yes or all no. Right. right? Um, do you believe in the second coming of Jesus? Yes. Do you believe in the rapture? Um, yes. Okay. <laughs> do you think any of the previous two is happening in your lifetime? No. All right. No. That's cool, man. Wow. Those are three big <laughs> questions for yeses and noes. <laughs> I know. How are you doing, my friends? I'm so glad to be here with you on this beautiful, sunny California day. Today we have a special guest. We can't wait for you to hear from him. But first, I thought it would be cool to cast out our vote for our favorite conspiracy theories. Do you have a favorite conspiracy theory? Or even are you afraid of any conspiracy theory? I think some conspiracy theories are developed around past phenomenons. Let's say the assassination of JFK or the landing of the moon. But what about those conspiracy theories that revolved around future events? Almost like prophetic events waiting to happen. The only reason why I would love to do this is, let's just say... In five or ten years, we are able to look back and see whether or not any of those got even close to happening or becoming evident or not. So I'll tell you a few I have heard in the recent months, and they all have to do with the future. So number one. The Earth is flat. Or flat Earth. What do you think? Is NASA really plotting against humanity? I have a really good friend who a few years ago came to visit me from my native city, Guadalajara. And the first thing he said when he got to Los Angeles was, Beto, as I was on that airplane, I confirmed that the earth is flat. I never thought that they would come. But there you have it. Do you know anyone who believes in flat earth? Well, that's number one. Number two, 5G networks are bad, uh, bad for our health. The bottom line reads the website called Medical News Today, and I'll quote, There is certainly evidence that ties RF, EMF exposure to a small increase in the risk of developing certain cancers and other adverse health outcomes. I end quote. So, there is some evidence of 5G networks being bad for our health. I've heard similar stories uh, since the invention of the flip phone. Remember that these devices you held so close to your head would cause all kinds of health risks? Well, that's kind of the normal side of any wireless wave. Um, but it's not really a conspiracy theory until that point. 
but really where the perception of something funky happening is that 5G technology will be used as a weapon for global population control to reduce the number of people in the world and control the people who remain. Some sort of mind control device. Have you heard any of those? Well, so far we have conspiracy theory number one, the earth is flat. Conspiracy theory number two, 5G networks are going to be used as weapons of global population control. And I would like to finish with conspiracy theory number three. Bill Gates is behind a program to create a global vaccine or chip implant. <laughs> uh, maybe some of you have watched the tech talk that Bill Gates gave in 2015 where he pretty much lays out a very similar landscape for what we're experiencing right now with the coronavirus uh, worldwide pandemic. Well, considering he's a forward-thinking technology developer, it's not really a surprise that some of the imminent dangers of a global virus spreading could become a reality, right? I even remember as a teenager watching a movie called Outbreak. Did you guys watch that one? Which actually uh, Bill Gates quotes in his TED Talk. But the conspiracy theory rises by these crazy rumors. And I found this on the dailybeast.com. And I quote, Conspiracy theorists have claimed that Gates is somehow developing a tracking device to pair with any coronavirus vaccine. Some right-wing figures have claimed Gates is developing the mark of the beast predicted in the book of Revelation. In fact, Gates Foundation-funded research in 2016 into using invisible ink to track child vaccination in developing countries long before the coronavirus pandemic. I end quote. So there you have it. Three conspiracy theories that are popular right now. And we would love to hear your opinion. If you have any friends or family who believes any of this, well, what's your take on it? But today, today is a beautiful day. And I said at the beginning that we're going to hear from Chris Kretzu, a pastor here in the city of Costa Mesa, California. And it doesn't matter where we are from, except for the fact that California is sunny and beautiful. But it matters that whatever you are listening, you can find hope. And today, one of the big ideas that we're going to explore is what does resurrection power look like after Easter? I invite you to brace yourself as you enter into the only future that there is. Well, hello everybody. You guys know me. My name is Beto Gudiño. But perhaps you don't know Chris Kretsu, who is with us this morning. We're on a call here in Costa Mesa. He's in his house 
in his own lockdown and I'm in my own lockdown here on this side of town. But we want to introduce Chris to all of you who are listening. Chris is, uh, I would call him a young pastor um, here in Costa Mesa. He pastors a church called South Hills. And we just want to welcome him and see, you know, what, uh, we'll, we'll start shooting him a few questions. Um, but Chris, how are you? I'm doing good, man. Uh, as good as anybody can be doing right now, I think. We're all figuring out this new normal and new routines and all that kind of stuff. Uh, so I'm excited for this because it's uh, a little bit of a break from my normal things that I do each day right now. So it's fun to be able to hang out and talk with you. Um, but yeah, it's a little bit crazy. I've got uh, a couple kids and so we're all on lockdown in our apartment right now. And so just trying to figure out family dynamics, the family of four and a, and a <laughs> little apartment. So good times. <laughs> good times, man, for sure. Well, Chris, uh, I mean, again, thank you for being here. I know, I mean, I already mentioned you're the pastor of South Hills, a church here in Costa Mesa. But I know that besides being a pastor, uh, and this is prior to COVID, I would see your post, like you love going to concerts. And I mean, for sure, yeah. right now it's not happening. But um, <laughs> what kind of music do you like? Is it indie music, rock music? Oh, man. Uh, I kind of, I mean, it sounds like a little bit of a cop-out answer, but I really like most music. Uh, I don't like kind of new country music. So I grew oh, okay. up in the South. I actually grew up in North Carolina. And so I grew up listening to a ton of country music, like in the late 80s, early 90s. Um, and so there's some of that stuff that I really like and some of the more classic, like Johnny Cash, Merle Haggard, that type of stuff that I like. But I don't really like much of the new country music. It just feels a little bit um, silly to me in some ways. I really like uh, rap music and hip hop. Um, I like, uh, like, I love listening to old stuff like naughty by nature. Uh, <laughs> and, um, I don't know, it's just like so fun. And it, so I'm kind of all over the place. Um, and, uh, I basically always have music playing. Um, and sometimes it drives my wife nuts, but, uh, I, I, I mean, I find it pretty rad that you, uh, you seem like an avid, you know, music lover. But you're also a pastor, and I—I I mean, I'm sure there's pastors in you know all kinds of backgrounds. But I find it almost like unique about you. Does it influence you know the way you even the way you do church? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I do listen to some worship music. Um, there's definitely times um, where I intentionally choose that um you know worship music for sure has uh there's a lot of gifts to listening to worship music outside of a sunday morning experience you know for most people uh in my church at least they only listen to worship music when they're at church mm -hmm. um, and so one of the things i try and teach them is that you know one of the reasons why we would listen to worship music is because um it fills our hearts with the truth of who god is and the truth of our relationship with god and so especially over these last few weeks you know there's been a, we've put together a few different worship playlists for our church just to be like hey here are some songs that you can listen to that'll help fill you with a sense of hope and so uh, we made one of those playlists is more of like upbeat songs and one of them is a little bit more like mellow songs depending on people's mood and so when i study and when i write because I, like i said i always have music on so i've got um, a few different playlists of, uh, of different artists or different albums that I listen to when I study and write. Most of those are instrumental albums. Um, and uh, so there's, uh, 
a group called um, On Earth. Uh, and uh, actually, one of the guys in that is um, a guy, uh, Michael Gunger, who used to um, oh, yeah. make a lot of music. Um, and uh, so he doesn't really do Christian music anymore, but he does this uh, group called On Earth. And um, they do just really great uh, instrumental, like very kind of movie soundtrack sounding. Um, so I listen to them. Um, sometimes, so I used to be in a metal band also back when I was in high school. Oh, and so that's I, uh, I don't listen to too much metal anymore. And if I do, it's older stuff. Um, but uh, I listen to, there's a band called um, This Will Destroy You. Um, and it's a very, uh, very heavy sounding name, uh, but they, again, it's instrumental music and it kind of has like this very cinematic flow to it. So it starts off very mellow and then it builds to be this huge kind of crescendo. And, and so I'll listen to a lot of that type of stuff when I am studying or writing a sermon, um, just because lyrics, whether they're Christian lyrics or, or, you know, uh, appropriate lyrics or not, uh, lyrics when I'm studying and reading, they just distract me anyways. So that way with the instrumental music, it just kind of puts me in a different state. Awesome, man. Yeah. I think music can help, um, you know, kind of like set the right atmosphere for, for our specific endeavors sometimes. That's great, man. Well, I want to ask you what was special about South Hills this Easter? I know, I mean, we, Every church in the world was probably like live streaming, but other yeah. than that, what were your like big takeaways in the way you were you guys were doing church um, this past Easter? Yeah, yeah. So South Hills is um, you know as a church we're super focused on reaching people that don't currently go to church or that uh, maybe don't want to go to church, which seems like a weird group of people to go after. Um, but you know, our, our mission is really to connect with people that are disconnected from church and from God. Um, and so everything that we do, whether we're having our normal services where we meet in person, or then we've tried to switch to do this online as well. We've, we've really tried to figure out how can we provide easy opportunities for folks to invite their friends to church? Um, and then how can we speak honestly about, um, what's going on in our real lives and pair that together with what scripture teaches and what Jesus is calling us to do. Because I feel like sometimes, um, especially for pastors like myself. I know, I know you're a church or you're a content creator and you're looking for those royalty free songs so that you don't get all those strikes when you try to put a video on Facebook or YouTube or any other social media. Well, I have the solution for you because Soundstripe offers me royalty-free music, sound effects, and video. And if you go now and enter promo code Christian Podcast as one word, Christian Podcast, you are gonna get 10% discount on your Soundstripe subscription. So go to christianpodcast.com and click on the tab that says royalty free music, sound effects, and video. And it'll take you to Soundstripe. Enter promo code Christian Podcast and get 10% discount. 
myself. Like I can get really lost in talking about spiritual things. Um, and it doesn't have really much to do with the day to day life that somebody lives. You know, it's a topic of theology or it's a topic of whatever it might be. And it's good and it's fun to talk about. And maybe it's even important, but for a person that's disconnected from God or that isn't going to church, um, you know, it, it doesn't really make that much of a difference to them, you know? And so for Easter this year, we tried to combine a few of those things. So one of the things that we did was um, we sent out a video, um, uh, our children's ministry um, with like a dance routine. And they had all of the kids film themselves doing this dance routine um, to uh, the Elevation song um, Echo. You know that song with Sean Wells? Yeah. Yeah. So it's a fun, like super upbeat song. Um, and so we, we got like, I don't know, probably 20 or 25 different kids to send videos back of them, like doing the dance that was choreographed to that song. And so we cut those all together. So it kind of cut back and forth, but different kids, different homes, different ages. Nice. Um, and, uh, and it was super fun. I mean, honestly, it's, it's interesting the things right now with everything that's going on, the things that are a bright spot, that maybe you wouldn't have cared about before, you know, uh, mm-hmm. now all of a sudden it's like, that's really special. There's people that don't even have kids, uh, let alone a kid in the video that that video meant so much to them just because it felt like there was joy. There was some sense of normalcy. People were trying to do something together, you know? So, um, and the other cool thing is that, you know, all of those kids and all of their parents, they all invited their families to come and watch service online because this video was going to be, um, in that service. So we did that. Um, we, uh, the, this was the first Sunday over the last six weeks that we've actually had a full band. Um, so we filmed a band, we put them all six feet apart and made sure we stayed well within the boundaries. Um, but, uh, we felt like it would be a good Sunday to kind of bring back kind of that full sound that we've been missing over the last few weeks as we've been under quarantine. Um, and then, um, for the message, you know, again, I just try to take this Easter story that for some people it feels unbelievable. You know, the resurrection piece uh, is is a big leap for some people. So I try to take this Easter story and tie it together with um, the reality of what we're wrestling with today um, and, and how difficult it can be. And I can talk more about that, but I don't know how much you want me to give a sermon here. So... No sermons, man. We want you to play the drums and play some metal songs. Uh, no, it, it's, it's actually, well, Easter, this is my perception, because when I came to America, I've been here for about 15 years, and uh-huh. Easter for Christians was like the Super Bowl. Right, yeah, like like big sure. party, like oh, this is the day everybody shows up to church. This is the day when, um, you know, you invite people to come that normally don't go to church, right? And yeah. and what you're saying is, I mean, there's there's that dynamic of people tuning in, the kids doing a, you know, special dance and things like that. What would you say to the people? Because I know this happens again and again. Um, to the people that experience like the the resurrection power of Easter, but yeah. then you know a couple of weeks later, 
you're still under quarantine, you're still on lockdown <laughs> or whatever circumstance might be happening, right? Maybe maybe the economy yeah. reopens, but now you're struggling with with your business and things like that. What does Easter look like after yeah. Easter? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, and it's one that we're all wrestling with, right? You know, because even for this year, even though it was all different, we put in all this work and effort. And then we all woke up Monday morning in our homes under quarantine still, you know, and so it's kind of just back to that weird reality. Um, you know, I think that it's important to recognize a couple things. Um, there is... Um, I'm trying to think of the, the simplest way to, to say this. You know, for us, um, the resurrection is what makes uh, all of who Jesus claimed to be um, true and trustworthy, right? Uh, the resurrection is his overpowering of the kingdom of um, death, sin, darkness, all of that. Um, and that's what is able to give us this invitation into eternal life with God. Um, but being a Christian, um, really everything that we learn about being a Christian comes from before the resurrection. It comes from Jesus's teachings. Um, that's how we navigate, um, you know, the life, uh, the resurrection just gives us this assurity and this confidence that it is worth it, if that makes sense. Um, and so what I talked about a little bit on, um, on uh, Easter was, you know, that part of the Easter story in, uh, I believe it's in Luke, um, when um, there's a couple guys walking this road to Emmaus and they're talking about everything that had gone on. They were Jesus's, some of Jesus's followers, not part of the, you know, the 12, but um, they had followed Jesus and, and knew him and, and you could just kind of see how devastated they were. And so they're walking this road talking about everything that had happened and that Jesus was crucified and he was in that grave and somebody stole his body. And, and then Jesus shows up and he's talking to them, but they don't recognize him. And, And uh, it's this interesting thing where they're walking, and, and Scripture says it's a seven-mile journey to Emmaus, and um, and all of a sudden they recognize Jesus, and he disappears. And then they say this line: "They say, didn't our hearts burn within us?" And so, kind of like looking back at the conversation, they recognize God was with us in this, you know. And so I talked about that with our church of saying man, this feels like a seven mile road where everything that we hoped for and believed and the way that we built our lives and the things that we valued, it's all been turned upside down. And many of us may feel like God has forgotten about us or that God is not with us, but there is a moment that will come where we will recognize this kind of burning in our hearts, this sense that, man, God was with us that whole time. I can look back now and I can see the way that he cared for or he provided or he whatever it might be. And so I think to be, you know, um, to live an Easter lifestyle after Easter, uh, it has the, the resurrection is what gives us the confidence to continue living out what Jesus taught. Does that make sense? Good the word, disciples, man. They, they, dis, they hid in their homes for weeks after the resurrection because they were terrified. And they knew that Jesus had been raised at that point, but they still hid in their homes. Um, and then when they went out, the resurrection was true, 
and they were still mocked and hassled and almost all of them were martyred for different things. You know, so it's like the resurrection does not equate to everything working out perfectly or being easy. The resurrection is, man, I now have the confidence to continue living the way that Jesus told me and taught me and it and showed me how to live. So, yeah, that's that's kind of my thought there. So good, man. I love it. Um in the future and I'm saying like the near future what are some of your biggest concerns as a pastor? Yeah, that's that's a good question. Um you know, um you know there's different kinds of pastors. Some pastors really love teaching, some pastors really love evangelism, some pastors really love caring for um the the church members um and just kind of like um but so i i kind of fall mostly into that that last category of how do i care for people that are part of the church um i enjoy the other pieces but i feel like i'm kind of uniquely gifted as as kind of a shepherd pastor type um and so the the concerns that i have mostly um or the ones that kind of continue to top my mind are um how to help people um, connect with each other, um, and care for each other. Um, so it's been cool to see that has happened even over distance, uh, for a portion of people, but there's a probably about, you know, 30 or 40% of our church that hasn't really been connecting online or, you know, in these other ways, they may be watching the services, but they're not joining groups or anything like that. Um, uh, and so, I'm concerned for them. I'm worried for them. Um, and then whenever we're allowed to start meeting again, there will inevitably be a portion of people that are excited about that and want to get back together and a portion of people that are hesitant and are not ready for that yet, mm -hmm. you know? And so then you have these two different sides and you have to figure out, okay, how are we going to help them connect with each other and be respectful of each other? You know, mm -hmm. it's kind of the same thing that we talk with uh, when we talk about politics, you know, yeah, exactly. because one side is right or the other side is wrong. It's like, man, we are supposed to be able to love and care for each other, even though we believe differently about some of these issues, you know? And so, uh, so those are some of the things that I look forward to or looking into the future of trying to figure out, okay, it's going to be challenging to navigate some of these things. Mm -hmm. um, so does that answer your question? Yeah, totally. I think, uh, yeah, it's super interesting because people are you know, coming back together. Some might be hesitant, some other, and then almost like right away, you got to start talking about politics, right? Because I mean, yeah. the elections are coming, it's at least here in America. So then yep. you have, you know, the people that are divided in that manner, right? Or even right now, you know, you see, you see some people that support like reopen now. You no, know, we want our freedom. We want our rights and things like that. And in a sense, you know, who knows? This might be some of our church goers. And like you said, right, we got to teach him how to be kind to one another and respect each other's sure. points of views. So for sure, there's... There's a little bit of a challenge coming up soon. Um, what would you tell people or why should people check out South Hills? <laughs> uh, people should check out South Hills if they don't already have a church home. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Uh, I, 
I'm so grateful for Costa Mesa and obviously it's beyond Costa Mesa, but there's a, a lot of incredible churches in Costa Mesa, you know, and, um, and I'm grateful that the pastors really genuinely have built a relationship with each other. Um, and I feel like there's not much competition that I've seen in other churches uh, and other places. Um, so what I love about um, the churches of Costa Mesa is that I don't feel like I have to compete with anybody else. And when I don't have to compete, then I get to be fully who God created me to be. I don't have to try and win anybody else over. Um, and so, like I said earlier, you know, for us, we're a church that's deeply focused on reaching people that are unchurched and disconnected from church. And so um, if you think that um, you don't like church, then you should come try South Hills. Uh, if you think that Christianity doesn't have anything to do with your day-to-day -day life, then I, I think that you should come try South Hills. Um, if you already have a church home, if you already have a place that you call home and, and are connected, um, then stay there. Uh, stay invested and, and continue caring and being a part of that community. Um, but if anybody is out there that is um, is kind of given up hope on uh, what, you know, what they understood church to be, then, uh, then I think that that would be a person I would want to come try South Hills. Cool, man. Um, where can they kind of like check out what's going on at South Hills? I'm sure you have a website or you know, live yeah. streams and things like that. Yeah, for sure. So uh, our Instagram is South Hills Costa Mesa. So that's probably the piece that's updated the most frequently. Uh, South Hills Costa Mesa on Instagram. Uh, we're on Facebook too. Uh, but then our webpage is South Hills Costa Mesa dot org. Um, South Hills Costa Mesa dot org. So people can go check that out. And um, yeah, that's so cool, man. Well, thank you so much for, for you know, giving us some of your time. We really appreciate it. Uh, we want to let you go. Yeah, well, I appreciate you uh, inviting me on. And uh, it's been fun hanging out. It's been fun getting to know you over the last few months. And uh, hopefully we can do it again sometime. Yeah, take care, Maybe man. in person next time. <laughs> in person at the school, please. <laughs> I'm eager for that day when I can drop my kids off at school and just be like, see you. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so good. Well, we would love to hear from you. If you care about this podcast, why don't you visit us on iTunes and give us a positive review? Share this podcast with your friends. If you want to know why I owe $10,000, Go right now to christianpodcast.online and check out my blog on how I went into a $10,000 debt. Send us a message. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at ChristianPodOn. Stands for Christian Podcast Online. So ChristianPodOn. And thank you so much for tuning in. This is the best Christian podcast, the last radio on earth right after the apocalypse. Thanks for listening to this episode of Christian Podcast. If you liked this episode, share it with friends and family. Make sure you subscribe and leave a positive review 
whatever you can. You can also visit christianpodcast.com to learn more about our show. Hasta la vista.